Petersfield's Shine Radio. Shine Radio's Growing Together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos is supported by Alitex. Modern Victorian glass houses made in South Harting. Hello and thanks for joining us in Growing Together. I'm Claire Venice and I'm with... Steve Amos. How Hello, are you? Steve. I'm awesome. great. What a beautiful afternoon. Oh, it's so lovely. Summer has finally... Oh, hasn't it? Hopefully hasn't it? arrived. To be fair, though, we could do with some rain. We need that kind of rain and oh, night. Exactly. Gorgeous sun in the day. Exactly. Yeah, it's very dry. I mean, we're struggling massively at the allotment. We're all talking about how we can, you know, garden better in drought conditions and different types of mulching and all sorts of stuff. There's lots of chat going on at the allotments about what we can do and, and, and how to do things a little bit better. So um, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really interesting. Lots of people have got some great ideas, actually. But um, ultimately, you know, we, we set our water infrastructure up for 50 plots. We've now got 120 and we've still got the same water infrastructure. So we need to do something about it. And it's in hand. Trust me, allotmenteers. <laughs> As I tell everybody, it is in hand. We have a master plan, but we, we just need to implement it. So what ideas are people coming up with at the allotment? Oh, interesting stuff like I, I do it anyway with my pumpkins and, and courgettes. Make a moat around the plants and water the moat, filling that moat with mulch to retain the water even more. And somebody suggested a piece of polythene from your compost bags, you know, cut a square, put that over the plant and using grass clippings as mulch around your plants. You know, one, it does add nitrogen, but it's gotta be grass clippings. You can't take long grass from your no-mo may cuttings because that'll just add seed into your bed, won't it? Mm, but, um, you know, so there's lots of interesting things going on. And someone interestingly said, I've said interestingly a lot, <laughs> um, somebody has said to let the weeds grow around your seedlings and that shelters them from the sun, stops evaporation, and then when the plant gets strong enough, you can then weed around it. But let the weeds grow around it just to help with that water retention. So lots Good of ideas. interesting things. Yeah, so I'm, I'm up there when i finished here. We need to talk about where we are. Yeah. Where, where are we, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> We're at a secret location in Steep Marsh where I spend my Saturday mornings and doing some gardening. We're just being attacked by a robot mower, so we might have to move. Hang on a oh, moment. Oh, it's moving. No, no, it's moving. It's moving. It's, right. it's sensed it's, that we're here. It's bashed into Claire's chair and it's moved on. Yeah, so I uh, help a guy out uh, up at Steep Marsh with his gardening. He's got a lovely garden. We just had a little walk around, mm, haven't we? Um, but I've been tasked with growing dahlias for his son's wedding in September. So there's probably about 100 plants up here that need extra attention. So I'm up here this evening and I've met you up here and we thought we'd do our, our podcast here as well. Yeah, it's great. And thank you very much to the owners for letting us come here this evening because it is such a gorgeous spot. And actually, we'll be catching up with you about your dahlias and what to do with them now. Yes. Uh, a little bit later on. Absolutely. But We're about to be attacked again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bumper cars, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But talking of going and visiting other people's gardens, now is the time where there are a lot of open gardens. You know, great opportunity to go and have a nose, really. Do you know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. Go and have a nose. <laughs> but I, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think so many people focus on what they're doing in their gardens. And I talk to people a lot at the allotments about it. Go and have a walk around. Go and see what other people are doing. Copying people is the best form of flattery. Some people have some really good ideas and you can take little bits. And anyone that opens their garden to the public has got to be proud of their garden, haven't they? Absolutely. You know, so you're going to see some absolute stunners. 
and gain lots of advice yes. and information. And yep. that's what it's all about. And, and feel inspired. And in this edition, we have got an interview with a lady called Karen Llewellyn, who opens her garden as part of the National Garden Scheme. She's been doing it for a number of years. She has a garden in Petersfield in Hampshire. And a very interesting garden that she has okay. in that it floods every year oh right quite substantially and very interesting talking to her about how she deals with that and what plants she grows in her garden as a result so great to talk to karen and find out more about her garden could do with a bit of a flood today really well i know save me some watering to be fair her grass <laughs> never dries out fantastic very interesting garden good but beautiful good. to go and see and also joining us in this episode is garden designer emma atkinson who contacted us to say, would we be interested in finding out more about a show garden that she's designed in association with the Bumblebee Conservation Trust and the London College of Design. I love a bumblebee. They're like B-52 bombers. They come in, don't they? <laughs> I always chat to them. It's lovely to see them. So it's important to look after our bees and Emma knows what plants to plant to help that out. I don't know about you, Steve, to the sort of change that happens this time of year, I think, in the garden. Okay. As a lot of the seedlings ah, that we've grown yes. have matured and we're putting them now into their plots where they're going to be for the rest of the year. And I've had to sort of change my greenhouse over. I've had a bit of a tidy out. Your new greenhouse. My Let's new not greenhouse. forget. It was looking a bit messy. Had a wonderful clear out. Yeah. Potted up all the tomatoes yep. and the cucumbers, a few aubergines and the chilli peppers. Okay. Oh, and some sweet peppers as well into bigger pots. And that's where they'll stay now. They're in their final pots. They are. Excellent. There's almost a relief yes. to be had of that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's a sense of order as well. Once the greenhouse is emptied, I love the full greenhouse when you walk in in the spring. You know, there's everything growing and you've got trays of this and trays of that. But then when your greenhouse is set in summer mode... For, for your tomatoes and your peppers and your, your cucumbers, there is a sense of order about it. I think there's a sense of order. Mm. You probably jumble all yours up, <laughs> but mine is definitely a sense of order in blocks of varieties. Yeah, I love it. It's really good. Well, I agree with you. Yeah. Mine is in order. Wow. Not necessarily all the tomatoes are in the right varieties grouped together. They are higgledy-piggledy. It's a in bit their... disappointing, if I'm honest, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Have you I learnt didn't... nothing working with me for the last 12 months? <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Oh, dear. Sorry, Steve. I'm not sure I'm going to change it now. No, 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 don't. But don't. They, are, they are in a group of tomatoes. There's a group of sweet peppers, a group of chilli peppers, yep. okay. and a group of cucumbers. I'm, I'm thrilled about it, actually. I feel, oh, it's great. They can yes. grow, they're happy, they're yeah. done. Well, the work isn't over, though. No. Lots to do. You know, most of the tomatoes grown in the cordon method which obviously upper cane you know take out the side shoots support the trusses of fruits keep them watered there's constant tender care needed for the tomatoes here we've got a big greenhouse here we've got a, a 12 foot by 8 foot greenhouse which a third of it is a bed which we actually refreshed all the the topsoil and compost over the winter so there's um, a selection of tomatoes all down one side and then on the other side the staging where we grow chilies aubergines peppers and then there's some cucumbers on the floor in big pots as well lovely yeah, yeah so it's a lovely spot up here yeah it's quite a special place it, it? it is my biggest task this year up here we've kind of given over the kitchen garden to growing dahlias out of six beds uh, one has got onions in one will have uh, it's got carrots in it at the moment it's going to have beans courgettes maybe it's a bit of beetroot as well all the other beds are all dahlias wow yeah <laughs> And are there different varieties of dahlias? You've yes, got in there? yeah. So we, we're growing. How many are we growing? We're growing eight different varieties. 
about 10 plants of each variety with the colour scheme for the wedding, all in blocks that are going to complement each other. So when they start flowering, it's going to be absolutely stunning up here. I'm really, really excited I about can it. see the look on your yeah, face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> your eyes are alight. Well, I've had a bit of a disaster at the allotment. I left 80% of my dahlias in mm. the ground and 90% of that 80% is all gone. Oh, no. Yeah, they didn't survive the winter. I remember you saying yeah. in the autumn, it's a risk, yeah. I'll give it a go. It was very wet. And then it was very cold. So the dahlias don't really like the very wet and they definitely don't like the very cold. So the combination of the two back to back, wet then cold. And I've spoken to a lot of people, you know, when we were at the, um, in the town square over the festivities, a lot of people were asking me about dahlias. They were saying, oh, I've got 10 dahlia plants and only one of them's come up. And I said, unfortunately, the rest will be dead. If you've got no sign of them by now, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, so I've lost 90% oh. of my 80%. I don't know how that works out in the mathematics, but um, <laughs> it's not good. We don't need to go there. It's not good, it's not good. But luckily I did buy some new stock in and also I did take some dahlias up, which I've taken cuttings from. So I've still got about 50 plants up there, if I'm honest, but um, not as much as I usually grow. Oh, what a shock. I know, I know. It's, it's gardening, mm -hmm. stuff happens. You know, we say it has two chances and unfortunately they've all gone. But on the flip side, it's given me a chance to reorganize. You know, I like my blocks of color. You know, I like my blocks of varieties. So it's a chance to start again and grow the ones that I've really enjoyed, the ones that I've done well at the shows. Obviously, I do grow the dahlias for the shows. So it's just given me a chance to restart, get rid of the sentimental ones, if you like, that I don't grow for the shows anymore. And they take up 10 spots. Well, they don't need to take up 10 spots. Well, they're dead now, so they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though. If there is a bit of a disaster and a bit of a disappointment, turn it into a positive. Exactly. And learn from it. Well, it's like life, isn't it? You're faced with adversity. If you're throwing lemons, make lemonade, don't they? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So what are you doing with your dailies? Are they all in the ground now? Yes. Yeah. Out of their pots, they're in the ground. Oh, yeah. All of them are in. I put the black meopore weed suppressant material down. I then burn a hole using a blowtorch to plant through and about 20 centimetres in diameter a hole. A little handful of chicken pellets in the hole first, put the plant in, cover it up. I'm just setting up the irrigation system now so we can turn on the water and uh, away it goes. Because we've got a well here, which we set up a solar pump last summer. And so we can draw water from the well. Oh, how and, wonderful. And use that, which is really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Is it quite a deep well? Oh, yeah, really deep. I nearly fell through it. Found it whilst digging a bed. And uh, the owner here said, oh, I knew there was a well around there somewhere. <laughs> you weren't actually in it. So then once you discovered the well... They've made a bit of a feature of it. They were having some building work done up here. They've made a bit of a feature of it. And now we've got a solar pump to draw water up and um, use that. So it's really cool. What a great discovery. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So yeah, so daily is the greenhouse. Onions are coming on well. Project Carrot is mm. doing really well. They're looking great. They got thinned out a couple of weeks ago now. Okay. So all the carrots are thinned out to one per hole. All the parsnips are the same. They're all in sand. So they do retain the moisture quite well in the boxes in the sand. And if you want them to go down for the moisture anyway, so mm. the further down they are, the better. How frequently do you feed your dahlias and your veg? So this time of year, probably once every 10 days, every 14 days, I will use a high nitrogen feed. And I heard the other week of using just a, a miracle Grow lawn feed high nitrogen nitrogen good for green gets the plant going gives it nice and strong and the other thing you can do if the plants are looking a bit yellow maybe it's the compost they've been in had run out of nutrients give them a soaking with them um, epsom salts really yeah you know literally i've got a big bag of epsom salts a couple of scoops of epsom salts in a watering can water the leaves and everything and it gives them a real boost that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, not it's really... just for our bath. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> and then when the buds start forming on the dahlias in a sort of six, eight, ten weeks time, switch your feed from high nitrogen to high phosphate feed, which obviously gives you a bigger, stronger, better blooms. 
So that's a long-winded answer. Good, good. Let's now meet Karen Llewellyn, who opens her garden with the National Garden Scheme every year in the month of June. You can find out the details in the National Garden Scheme's yellow book. Karen has a really interesting garden that floods and has amazing varieties of hostas. Hello, Karen. Lovely to be here in your garden. Thank you so much for inviting me here. Well, we're lucky because it's very sunny. It is. <laughs> it's gorgeous. And you must have been working quite hard on the garden, I imagine, to get ready to open it up. Yes, it all gets a bit chaotic at the end. All the things that you should have done before. Those last minute jobs. Yeah, well, yeah, month worth of last minute jobs. Oh, right. yeah. How many years have you been opening your garden to the National Garden um, Scheme? 2019 was my first year. Obviously, we didn't open in 2020. And then I sort of opened in June and September. But this year, I'm only opening this June. September's getting a bit difficult with the weather because of the drought last year. Really, really took its toll because we're a spring garden and we grow lots of uh, moisture-loving plants, hostas and ferns, and, and they don't like drought. <laughs> No, and your beautiful lawn, I imagine, must have turned brown last well, year. Well, it didn't. Did it, it not? It didn't, because we flood, would you believe, really quite badly. And it stays that green for the whole summer. Oh, um, wow. And when people come in, they think that we must be irrigating the lawn, but we absolutely don't do that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So how frequently do you flood here? Well, it's getting more and more often, actually. We flooded this year the worst we've flooded in the 25 years that we've lived here and this time it flooded. It's a good one and a half, two feet standing water. And this time in the winter, it froze for two solid weeks. Oh my goodness, so you had an ice, an ice rink? Well, it was sort of, <laughs> it was frozen on the top and as it drained, the ice stayed because it was two weeks of unusually cold weather. It's been an odd winter <laughs> on the back of an extraordinary summer yeah. last year. Well, your garden looks stunning now, so obviously yeah, it's enjoying too all that closely. water. <laughs> Well, talking of gardens that flood then, so how do you look after your garden? Yeah, lots of work, which I love, if it's all going well. And the thing with opening for the National Garden Scheme, it does get you organised. It really pushes you for a date when things have to work better under pressure, clearly. And then if you pick a date early enough, you set up for the whole summer, really, which is nice. It is Make very it nice. useful to have a deadline yeah. to work to, and then you can enjoy it for the rest of the season. Yeah, smart move. Yeah. So you mentioned you have hostas and ferns in the garden. There's quite a lot of shady areas. There, are, there is, yeah. We're surrounded by trees that have been here, which is the old railway embankment at the end of the garden, the old Midhurst line. How lovely. Um, so they were, they were all here. The only thing that was here when we moved in were the trees, the, the big trees. Every single other thing in the garden I've planted. Amazing. Yeah. How nice to yeah. say that. Yeah, created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are lovely different areas to the garden. Just looking here, we're sitting on your patio, looking out towards the garden. You've got a gorgeous seating area off to the left there, a bit further into yes. the garden. You've got lovely swings. Yes. You've got a gorgeous walkway. And are they surrounded by your hostas along the outside as well then? Yes, so you travel down that walkway and that mainly is hostas and shade loving plants. And I prefer working with shade. It puts some people off, I think, but you know, if you have the plants that like it, you're okay, aren't you? We've lost a few trees, we've lost an ash, um, a couple of other trees, but even they struggled last summer because we're on sand here. Although we flood, it drains quickly because it's white sand. Two feet down, it is white sand. There's a line, you can see it. 
And if you dig a hole in the winter, it is full of water. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Did you know when you moved here that you were going to be juggling this kind of dynamic in in the garden? But it's very easy to look after because we're on sand. It's very forgiving in that respect, not like clay. So it has its advantages. Do you have any uh, secret tips for how to keep hostas slug free? Lower your standards for a start. (laughs) We have a lot of frogs. We've got a pond at the bottom of the garden, which I've just left. It's just one too many things to look after. So I've left it to go wild and it is full of newts and hundreds and hundreds of frogs. And that's all I do. And just before opening, I cut off the nibbled leaves. <laughs> Leave a few for them to nibble just before you open. Yes, is that what, yes, yeah. you sort of sacrifice a few. Yes. Yes, I just bought some wool pellets, so I'm going to give that a go. Are there particular varieties of hostas that you have down there that you you particularly enjoy? Well, I've got about 120 different varieties. Some are much stronger than others, and then I'll keep splitting them, repeating them. But yeah, about 120. I've stopped buying them. I've got to stop buying them. Have you really? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you get a bit obsessed with collecting things. I go through phases of collecting... I have a thing each season that I concentrate on. Okay, and what is it this year? Um, I'm trying not to pick anything this year. Just, (laughs) yeah, look after what's already here. I mean, the greenhouse is absolutely full of succulents. That was a phase that lasted a few years, actually. Yes, (laughs) they're everywhere. I like your obsessions, though. I do, yes. It's a a nice obsession. It's a healthy obsession. So what do you particularly love about your garden that you've you've created? I walk around the garden every day, mostly in the winter as well, every day, because it changes every day. I get up early. It's the best time of day. How many people are you expecting to your open day? You never do know. The first year we opened, it's always your busiest year because you're new and so we had uh, 170 and then it's about 100 averaging out the last few times it's just enough you never know how many cakes to bake i was gonna say (laughs) it's a standing joke when you open your garden you never do know what type of cake do you uh do you make victoria sponge coffee cake you accept donations they're very welcome but yeah it's a nice so we've been very lucky actually with the weather it makes all the difference it makes it all worth the effort must be quite Quite a nice feeling to watch people enjoy your garden you've created. It makes it it worth the effort. Yeah, Yeah. and you're raising money. The point of it, isn't it, to share it, but to raise money for the nominated charities. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been lovely talking to you about the garden. Maybe we could have a little little wander around the garden, if that's okay. So we're just walking down the walkway to the right of the garden now, where the hostas are, and we've come across some box hedging. Yes. It doesn't look so happy. Well, it's coming out. I've given up. Along this walkway, there's 12 well-established box balls that have been completely eaten. It's box tree caterpillar. Oh, it is? Yeah. It arrived a couple of years ago here. I had for two years fought it, and I've given up, and that's what it looks like. So they've got to come out, all of them, which is a bit of a shame, really. It is a shame. Making more way for hostas, maybe. Well, then you have to make it a positive, don't you? Yes. That it's uh, making way for something that I don't know what it is yet. Ooh, the new obsession. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something else to collect, yeah. <laughs> so what other plants have you got here in the, the shady part of the garden then? I can see you've got some hardy geraniums. Yes, um, some roses can cope with it. I mean, this gets more sun at this time of day, but they can cope with a little bit of shade. The astilbes, actually, they didn't survive the winter, mm. even though... 
we flood and they've lasted for you know 15 20 years this year it was obviously the cold and the wet so they they didn't like it oh here's your pond yes oh wow that's lovely look at it full of newts yeah and lilies look at those all about to come out was this here originally the pond It, it was here we didn't know it was here. That's how overgrown it was. Oh, my with, word, uh, really? Wild rhododendron. Yeah. But we've just left it and get lots of dragonfly and newts and frogs and because they just like it like that. <laughs> in its natural state. <laughs> yeah. Further down, you've got lovely aces as well in your garden. Yes, a lot in pots because they can be a bit temperamental. And then, yes, the walkway goes all the way around the top. And Yeah, you have got a lovely lot of... Hardy geraniums. You have lots of different varieties as well. Yes. Yeah. They're they're the just the cranes bill. They can cope with the dry conditions under the trees mm. at this time of year. Useful. Yes, aren't they? they are. Very useful. And easy to to divide. Yes. Spread them around. Now, can you do that with hostas as well? Oh, definitely. Yes. Very easy to do before they come into leaf. Yeah. Just slice them through with a spade. You'll lose a few of the the leaves, but really, really easy to split and move around now oh, it's a lovely garden and will you be open by appointment if some I, people are interested in coming i to tend see? to have open by appointment for bookings for groups i've got two bookings in june about 30 people in each less cakes to make slightly less <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. so were you a gardener beforehand i've Is always your... gardened my mum's a big gardener my dad they open their garden under the national garden scheme so yeah it's in the blood it is in the blood yeah, the my grandpa was a big gardener too I love yeah. that. Yeah. I think it does flow through, doesn't it? Well, it's been lovely. Thank you very much for showing me around no, your garden, Karen. And uh, best of luck with the open days. Thank you very much. So, Steve, we had a wonderful time at the Petersfield Spring Festival. We did, didn't we? At it was the such good May. fun. It was really good fun. We're very lucky to be loaned an Alatex greenhouse for the Maybank holiday weekend. It was a real draw, wasn't it? It looked beautiful. It was quite funny, though. I found when I started speaking to people, they thought I was selling something. So we need to speak to Nellie and Tom and uh, see if there's any uh, any business that came from the fair and um, claim, our, <laughs> claim our commissions, I think. We had some lovely conversations, yeah, we did, didn't we? Didn't we? Yeah. I mean, the greenhouse was there to get the gardening communities together in Petersfield and we had a lovely variety of displays from the Physic Garden, the Community Garden. Petersfield Infants. Petersfield Infants, their new gardening gang. Yep. How brilliant was it's that great. display? Yeah, you know, really good, Really lovely. Yeah. We had pecan displaying for pollinators and wildlife in your gardens. We had the Petersfield Gardeners Club, and it was all in support of Petersfield in Bloom, which is the gardening growing competition that happens in Petersfield every year, organised by the Town Council. The closing date's coming up, isn't it? It is, yes. So if you want to enter, well-remembered, Steve, the deadline is June the 30th. There are 13 different categories this year that you could enter into with a couple of new ones. Let's talk about the most exciting mm. new ones, the Grow Your Own category. Inspired by Growing Together, Fantastic. I hear, which is brilliant. The judges are going to be chosen from different gardening groups in the Petersfield area and they will go around and they will judge mid-July. Okay. But the award ceremony isn't until the 5th of October and we, we might have some exciting news. Well, we, we, I don't think we're allowed to talk about maybe some hosts. Watch this space. You never know. We'll just tease that. But it was a wonderful couple of days talking to people about gardening and finding out what people enjoy and what they like about gardening. We met such a diverse cross-section of people. There's a perception, isn't there, that gardening is for older people. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was talking to a few people who 
were of the older generation and they were saying, you know, it'd be great to get younger people into gardening. The problem is gardening space for people. So, you know, the allotments, the Peterfield Community Garden, Physic Garden, the gardening clubs, enabling people to get into it of that younger generation. I think it's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. And also bringing into that, from the Chelsea Flower Show, I spoke to Lee, who is known as the Skinny Jean Gardener on Instagram. And Lee has really been the driving force behind opening up more gardening for younger people in all different areas throughout the UK. So he's gone to visit a number of different primary schools where kids get the opportunity to grow, to sow a seed and and to talk about gardening. And I mean, we all know we're sort of preaching to the converted about how good gardening is for you mentally, physically, but just the opportunity to maybe spark a bit of interest for a a future career. So yeah, it's absolutely brilliant talking to to so many people and meeting people at Mm. different festivals and shows that are on offer at the moment. There are a number coming up. But first, let's meet Emma Atkinson, who is a garden designer designing a garden for bumblebees, along with the Bumblebee Conservation Trust and the London College of Design. Hello, Emma. Lovely to meet you. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you for contacting us because you contacted Growing Together via Instagram to say, would we be interested in having a chat to you about the garden that you're creating for Beevil Castle? And absolutely, yes, it's wonderful to do so. So can you tell us a bit about yourself? So I'm quite early on in my uh, garden design career, but I trained as a landscape architect um, at the University of Greenwich. I currently work as an urban designer and working on kind of large scale master plans uh, in the southeast of England, so near Ebbsfleet International Station, and we're developing a, a garden city there. But on the side, I really want to go back to my passion, which is landscaping and uh, garden design. So um, I've been just practicing, uh, designing some gardens for friends, family, and actually colleagues at work now. And then I just thought it would be brilliant to kind of have a show garden. Um, and this will be my first one at Beaver Castle in July. Oh, how exciting. So Your so first exciting. one. Yes. <laughs> so how did you find out about the garden competition there? Um, I found out actually through the London College of Garden Design. They had a competition running in, I think it was the start of this year. And I just thought, you know what, I'll try, I'll, I'll make an entry. Um, and yeah, it was successful. So no, it's brilliant. How fantastic. So tell us a bit about the garden that you're designing. So the garden is actually designed all around bumblebees. So I designed it after talking to the Bumblebee Conservation Trust. And I learned so much through talking to them. So I didn't realise it's there's a real difference between honeybees and bumblebees. Unfortunately, I was like shocked to realise that. And the garden will be all about promoting bumblebees. We've got over 270 species in the UK and lots of them are facing extinction and there's not enough habitats or pollinators for them. And shockingly, I've learned this fact that over I think 250,000 colonies of bumblebees are imported every year by our UK farmers just because there isn't enough to pollinate our food. So yeah, I just think it's really important to raise the status of bumblebees because I think, especially I was guilty of it, I just thought of the honeybee as being the most important bee, but actually our bumblebees are just as important, if not more. Well, that's really interesting. I mean, I love a bumblebee. I always smile whenever I see one bumbling around, but that's quite interesting to hear that they actually import bees into the country. Do you know where they come from? Across Europe, they're importing them from. That's amazing. Mm. Goodness me, and there's been a lot, obviously, over the last few years about pesticides that have been used for produce and that's obviously something you're highlighting as well I imagine then. Yeah absolutely 
I am highlighting that through the garden and also I'm trying to encourage people just in any space they've got to plant bee-friendly pollinating plants essentially. So the competition is all about borders and what we can plant in our UK borders. So the planting that I've chosen hopefully can be replicated across the country up and down and whether you've got a garden or a, a smaller garden or a balcony or just even a window box hopefully you can just choose one or two plants that will help our bumblebees. So what plants are you planting then? Are we allowed a little sneak peek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can give you a, a few of them for sure. They're quite standard, nothing too fancy, but we've got some rosemary, we've got beautiful Californian lilac, lavender, which we often see around, coneflowers, foxgloves, and um, some globe thistles. So there are a few of the, the ones Ooh. that we have in the garden. There's a nice selection of different sheep flowers as well, isn't yes. it? Yes, nice selection and, and colours and variety. Yeah, but I would definitely recommend looking at the Bumblebee Conservation Trust because they do have a planting list for month by month to see what you could plant in your garden. So it's not just, you've not just got planting between June and July for bumblebees, but actually extending all the way through into the autumn, winter months too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because you don't normally see the bumblebees out, obviously, no, in the colder months. No, 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 exactly. And often both honeybees and bumblebees, I know they're not as active in the colder months, but sometimes they, they, they do need some pollinators throughout the year rather than just being concentrated into the June, July, the peak hot months. So it is important we've got that, that range. I have at home an awful lot of oregano and I let the oregano herb yep. flower yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it is usually covered, covered with all sorts of pollinators but it's beautiful to see and just sort yeah. of to let things flower as well so absolutely. that pollinators do have the opportunity to, to utilise it. Yeah absolutely I think oregano actually was one of the top bee friendly plants I remember seeing that on the bumblebee <laughs> website. Oh that's good to know. <laughs> so okay. that is good to know but I definitely think yeah don't be afraid to let things flower or go a little bit more wild or even your grass like the dandy lions I, I've noticed bees all over that this summer by just letting my lawn grow a bit a bit longer. It's nice to do that, isn't yeah. it, actually? I do that too. <laughs> Don't have to get the lawnmower out. No, exactly. <laughs> Everyone lazier benefits. Garden, got lazier gardening, but benefiting the bumblebees. So what stage you are at now? I'm speaking to you mid-June. When do you have to go up to prepare your garden? So I will be going up on the 12th, 13th of July, and the garden show is on the 15th and 16th of July um, Yeah, at, at Beaver Castle, close to Grantham. So it'll be exciting. I think it'll be a real learning curve for me. I've never done one before. So it's just trying to make sure I've got all the plants in the right place and making sure they're all looking their best for that weekend. Quite a daunting task having to go up there and do it, but I'm very excited. It'll be great. Yeah, good for you for giving it a go. Yeah. What are you hoping will come out of this garden for you? I'm hoping just to raise awareness really of, of the bumblebees and of um, planting and also just have a conversation with people. Yeah, go from there and hopefully I can continue designing gardens because that's my passion and also potentially do another show garden maybe an RHS show garden that's my goal one day maybe Tatton Park or something yeah just see how this one goes and then hopefully go from there brilliant it sounds really exciting I'm thrilled you contacted us it's been really thank lovely you. talking to you Emma thank you I really appreciate it best of luck with the garden will you let us know how it goes keep absolutely. in touch absolutely I absolutely will yes thanks so much Emma really lovely to meet you and we made it work in that Emma lives in Kent, we're in Hampshire and we met at Wisley. So brilliant to make that work and great to hear about your garden. Best of luck with it in July. Well, no mow May has finished. We are now in June, but I have let my lawn grow. I haven't mowed it yet, 
going to mow a few paths through. Okay. But I'd like to leave it a little bit longer because the poppies are coming out now. Oh, lovely. It's like a little firework going off in the lawn, isn't it? That yeah. heat for summer. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And we had some last year. We got more this year because obviously they yeah, sowed yeah, their yeah. seeds and that's gorgeous. And so I am enjoying the variety of different wildflowers that are coming up in the lawns. But keep it going because there is a movement now, apparently, called Let It Bloom June. Who knows what July's going to hold, but I'm enjoying uh, I'm, I'm the flowers. I'm trying to think of something that rhymes with July. <laughs> Let's not go there. No. <laughs> so we've covered lots of plants that are growing in the greenhouse and that we're enjoying now. I sowed some courgette seeds. Are these these ridiculous yellow ones? No, those are my cucumbers. Oh, of course they are. Which are thriving. I've got about nine heritage <laughs> cucumber plants. I've got a confession to make. My lovely yellow cucumber that you gave me is planted in between the two green courgette plants. Oh no! <laughs> I might have to dig it up. <laughs> Did you forget it was a cucumber? I thought it was a courgette. It's really healthy. It's in the ground being looked after amongst the courgette plants. Well, maybe they're sheltering it. Oh my days. Because the stick that was in it, you can't read it anymore. So yeah. I remember it was yellow. I remember it was a bit ridiculous. And, um, <laughs> and I just put it down as a courgette. I might have to dig it up and put it in the greenhouse. Well, if, you, if it doesn't make it, I have more. I can oh, good. Manage, I can give good. You oh, good. I'm pleased about that. <laughs> and talking of, of spreading the joy, the courgettes I sowed, I didn't think were germinating. The tray just sat empty for a long, long, long time. So then I panicked and thought, oh my goodness, I'm not going to have any courgettes whatsoever. We can't have that. So I sowed a few more, a couple of different varieties. And then lo and behold, of course, this original seed tray started to germinate. So you've got... I've got a ridiculous amount of courgettes. No, thank you. Oh. <laughs> I think I might post them. There's a wonderful Facebook page, the Petersfield Plant Swap Facebook page. I might well be posting on there soon because, you know, spread the joy. I might do a little honesty table outside our do house, it. which we've done before with strawberry plants yep. and donated the money to charity. So maybe I might do that again. Do it. They do are it. healthy looking plants, various different varieties, but too many. Too yep. many, too many, yep. of course, too many. And I'm about to plant out my pumpkins from the Petersfield Pumpkin Group. Yeah, mine went in the ready-made, purpose-dug pumpkin patch at the allotments. Well, I'm quite relieved, actually, Steve, that we're doing this together. It's a joint... <laughs> <laughs> it's a joint... Team growing together. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Because I have a feeling yours might be bigger than mine, but that's fine in this case. And in this case, size does matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we shall see. We, we shall see. see. We should... And I'm also enjoying lavender at the moment. June is the month for lavender. Well, I showed you the lavender bed here, didn't I? Yeah, we did that um, right at the beginning of lockdown, actually. We dug a new bed along the top of the garden so it can be seen from the kitchen. At the front is the white lavender, and there's 20 of them. And then behind that is your, your traditional lavender-coloured lavender, and it's interjected with um, alliums. So it looks, looks rather lovely. Very nice. Yeah. Nice colour combination Yeah, no, as well. looks good. Again, there are lovely lavender farms to visit if you want to go and see them this time of year. Mm. Take advantage of that. Oh, absolutely. You can get absolutely. different varieties. And that's also the good thing about shows as well. You can find varieties at the shows that you don't necessarily find in garden nurseries. Yes. Your smaller nurseries that you see at the shows are generally producing a more heritage variety. And you're supporting smaller businesses as well. Yeah, good stuff. So yeah. enjoy the open gardens this year and enjoy the festivals. You know, get out there and see what else is on offer coming up there's the bbc gardeners world live at the nec you're leaving me again aren't you i'm popping up there honestly sorry steve That's i will right. put you in my bag next time yeah come with yeah, me. yeah 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 <laughs> come with me <laughs> and of course in early july there's the hampton court palace garden show which is july the 4th to the 9th if you're in the area go along and see that it's a wonderful show i confess i've never been to a big rhs show 
We'll have to get you there. You will, yeah. definitely. Well, it's been lovely to meet you here, Steve. Thank you very much for having me here to this private garden and to the owners who have so kindly let us record Growing Together here. Thanks also to our guests, Karen Llewellyn and Emma Atkinson. It's great to have you with us. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a question or you'd just like to say hi, you can contact us on 01730 or you can say hi and follow us on Instagram. Go to growingtogether underscore podcast. We'll be back in early July with more Growing Together tips, advice and chat. Do join us then. So from Steve and I this week, happy gardening. See you soon. Growing Together is new twice a month and supported by Alitex, modern Victorian glass houses made in South Harting. Get the latest editions of Growing Together at any time at shineradio.uk. What was the rival to the VHS video format? Which author predicted the Apollo moon landing? Who became the youngest winner of the Wimbledon men's singles title? Petersfield's Shine Radio with Ian Crossman. I have quiz questions on all sorts of topics for you to test your general knowledge and see if you can score the magical five out of five. The Brighter Minds Quiz is proudly supported by Church's College. Every Saturday and Sunday night from nine. Petersfield's Shine Radio. Radio.